0: Kia Koto koutou and No mai, A very warm welcome to our Resurrection Sunday service online. Um, I want to encourage you wherever you're uh, taking this content in, maybe it's in your living room, maybe it's in your lounge, maybe it's in bed. Uh, I want to encourage you that God, by the power of His Holy Spirit, is very present with you now. As we gather around screens, around our community, and maybe even the country, I want to encourage you that He is present with you and I want to lead us in an opening prayer as we begin today let's pray Christ you are risen with the Sun you are light in darkness warmth in our cold you are peace and hope and joy for you went willingly to death you turned defeat and failure to victory for all you live eternally And with you all the living and the dead who trust in you. May we who in baptism die to sin rise again to new life. And find our true place in your living body. May the covenant sealed in your blood through us bring healing and reconciliation to this wounded world. You are risen Jesus. arisen with you and we give you praise and glory. Amen. Well, it's my privilege now to introduce the Turner family to you. Uh, they have put together the Easter story uh, in their own backyard. So let's take some time to watch that together now.
1: Hi,
2: I'm Caitlin. I'm Crystal. I'm Olivia.
1: And I'm Liam, your favourite leader.
2: Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. I'm right. We've so missing your beautiful faces. And
1: we know that you've missed seeing ours, so we decided to video a video of us. How good.
2: So, getting back on track, we have the Easter story for you. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go! go!
1: Into the unknown!
3: Into the Easter
2: story! Now Jesus had been all over Israel, healing the sick, helping the poor, and teaching the people about God. Now it was time to go to Jerusalem.
1: Go, and you will find a donkey in a nearby village. Untie it and bring it to me. Okay. Here's
4: the donkey, Jesus.
1: Thank you, my disciples.
2: prophet's words to come true. Tell the people of Zion, your king is coming. He is humble and is riding on a donkey. And so was Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples, Peter and Judas, as well as 10 others. That makes 12. Yes, Jesus and his 12 disciples were eating a meal at a friend's place. But this was no ordinary meal. Every year, the Israelites would celebrate something called the Passover. And this was to remember God's goodness to them.
1: Last I might eat with you until I'm with my Father in heaven. Let me pray and bless this food. Thank you, Lord, for this food. Please have it to be a blessing for our bodies. As we partake in this meal, please bless us. Amen. Amen. This is my body, which will be broken for your behalf. Eat this in remembrance of me. And this is my blood, which will be poured out as a sacrifice for you. It is a promise of the goodness of God. One of you will betray me, but I must die.
2: Surely it's not me. Surely. Who is it, Lord?
1: One who is eating with me right now.
2: Jesus took his disciples to a garden called Gethsemane. He was deeply troubled and he went off to pray.
1: Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. What are you doing? Now is not the time to be sleeping. You need to get up and pray against temptation.
2: Jesus went back to pray. He knew that Judas had betrayed him. The time was nearly here. Soldiers were coming to arrest him.
4: Judas, which one is he? I'll show you.
0: Master. Judas. Jesus, you're under arrest.
2: Peter, look! Lord, should we fight? We have our swords.
1: Away with your weapons. Violence is not the answer.
2: Now Jesus was sent to different people who held authority in Jerusalem. They all sent him away until finally he was sent to a man named Pontius Pilate. Jesus, what do you say?
0: I say I find nothing wrong with this man.
2: He's a born! Crucify him!
0: Crucify him! Stop! God. Stop! You, the people of
5: Israel, condemn him, not me. I wash my hands of this. Bring me a bowl of water.
3: Yes, I
0: Where is the soap? Can you put the 20-second timer on, please?
5: This is the way we wash our hands.
0: Servant, where is my towel? Thank you.
2: Pilate ordered for Jesus to be beaten. The soldiers took his clothes and mocked him. He was forced to carry his cross through the streets of Jerusalem, until they finally got to a place called Golgotha, where he was crucified.
3: Ah! Ah!
1: Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Into your hands I commit my spirit.
2: <sighs> there was a great earthquake, and the curtain in the temple ripped in two. There was no longer a separation between God and his people, the curtain was ripped from top to bottom. Jesus' body was taken off the cross and laid in a tomb.
1: I really had hoped he was the Messiah, the Chosen One. Didn't we all? they're scaring a tomb attention no one comes in or out is that understood ah what's that and light <clears throat> Ow.
3: Oh, my head. Oh, that's really... Oh, guys, It's gone. The body oh, it's gone. Oh, I'm We
1: up. need to tell oh. Pontius Pilate. Get up, soldier.
2: On the third day of Jesus' death, two of his friends, Mary and Mary Magdalene, went to the tomb to anoint his body with spices. When they got there, they were shocked. The angel of the Lord had rolled the stone away. His body was gone, and only linen sheets remained. Mary, who's gonna roll away the stone? I don't know. We
4: should've brought one of the disciples with us. Mary,
2: look, the tomb's open. The what? stone's been rolled away. Is it? Do not be afraid.
4: The one you are looking for is not here. He is risen just as he said he would. Now go tell the other disciples, especially Peter, of this good news. Mary, I'll go tell Peter, okay? Peter! Peter! They're taking my lord! Oh, they taking him! Oh
3: my gosh. Oh. <laughs>
1: Why are you crying, my child?
2: Sir, do you know where they've taken Jesus? Mary. Jesus. Jesus is
3: alive!
2: Isn't it amazing? Death could not hold him. Mm. He was dead for three days, but then he came back to life. Jesus' death means that no matter what we do, we can always come back to the Father for
4: forgiveness. Yeah, because Jesus died and came back to life so that we could have a relationship Mm. with God. Mm.
1: Wait, so it's not about the Easter bunny and Easter eggs and sugary treats? No. No way. <laughs> oh, that makes sense! John 3 16! For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life! You
2: got it! Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Yes! So <laughs> Jesus died and then came back to life so that we could be in relationship with him because he loves us so, yeah. so, so incredibly mm. much. Mm.
1: And that is the true meaning of the Easter story.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah anyway we miss you guys and we can't wait
4: to see you again but yeah we just really want you guys to remember what the true meaning of easter is so, Happy
1: easter! Easter! well
0: how great was that what a fantastic uh story and what an amazing way to see it portrayed thank you turner family it's now an opportunity to spend some time in musical worship And we're going to hand it over now to Darren, and he's going to lead us in that. Bless you guys.
3: The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now, the Savior knelt to our feet, now at his feet. Chance for love. Final prayer. resurrecting me in your name i come alive to declare your victory the resurrected king is resurrecting me the resurrected king is resurrecting me the resurrected king is resurrecting me. The problem.
5: Well good morning everybody, here we are celebrating this most unusual Easter Sunday and yet it's a time for us to be able to reflect upon what it is that we've been learning during this time of experiencing this bubble that we've been in. Um, As we look at scripture this morning as we've taken the story from the death of Jesus and now we're starting to experience this joy of resurrection, we can see how it is that our own lives are being reflected in the story right now. You see the disciples were in their own bubble. Let me read to you from what uh, the scripture tells us in John chapter 20 verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. The disciples were understandably fearful of the Jews. Why? Because they had dirt on the Jews. They knew that Judas had been bribed and therefore for the Jews to be able to protect themselves, the more that they could diminish or do away with the other disciples, the better. So understandably, the disciples went to their bubble, and they were in fear of the Jews. And so here they were, these this group of people who had had their complete identity ripped away from them, their purpose, their understanding of who they were as uh, contributing individuals to society, and this time being followers of Jesus, uh, expounders of the message, people who are being used by God, they had their whole identity ripped away from them. And for us right now, in this bubble that we're living in, there's an element of uh, of fear, there's an element of unknown. We feel very vulnerable, we feel certainly isolated. Uh, But for us, um, it's a sense in which we, at this time, through this Easter experience, we too can resonate with some of those deeper feelings that the disciples were experiencing at the time. Of course, the story is broken through by the power of the resurrection. But um, in this moment, in this time, uh, we're going to see how it is that uh, we as individuals can be shaped by those downtimes, by those periods of time when we're living in the in-between in respect to the unknown of what the future might hold. And the Bible is filled with stories of people who live in the in-between. Uh, we just think of how it was that, um, uh, for example, um, Joseph, when he was taken away from his father's household, ultimately put in a prison, in Egypt. And the scriptures don't tell us, but how long he spent his time there, we don't know. We know that he was ultimately released and found favor with Pharaoh and had a destiny which he didn't completely understand at the time he was in prison. But we're never told exactly how long he spent in jail. And so we find again and again throughout scripture people were locked down put in isolation, felt very vulnerable, and the only thing they could do was cry out to God. One of the people I find fascinating in history is Ernest Shackleton. Probably about 15 years ago, I remember taking the church through a series, looking at some things of his life that were quite remarkable. And the thing that captures our imagination about Ernest Shackleton is that being a polar explorer uh, at the turn of last century, uh, he was way out on a limb way out there exposing himself to the elements and the risks of what the world would bring. He took a group of men from from, from UK and he went down all the way down to the south to uh, the Antarctica and there he wanted to do a transpolar journey right across the, the, uh, the Antarctic uh, ice cap however his boat and you'll see these photos now his boat, the Endurance, was crushed by ice and early winter arrived and the boat before it got to its destination was crushed by the ice flows. They took what they could off the the boat the endurance and they put it in their little lifeboats and they attempted to push these lifeboats hundreds of kilometers upon the ice flows. Well that just never happened. They just couldn't move these boats with their, uh, all of their reserves within them. And so they set up a camp, a camp called Ice Camp and there they just slip, simply sat As the ice around them moved, yes, and it moved closer to a destination, closer to solid land, but it took months and months as they just sat and waited. And then, good news, but it came in the form of some strange strange ways. The ice flow started to break up. And as the ice flow broke up, of course their camp had to be abandoned and they had to find themselves back again in these little wee boats. And they sailed and they came to an island called elephant island and here the uh, 29 men of this party all of them still had their health none of them had been lost at this point Uh, all of them had their health and they found themselves thrown up on this beach at elephant island and then they set up another camp and they literally ate um, sea lions and they literally ate penguins and they knew that there was no future for them here there was no way that they were going to be rescued by anybody else because no one knew where they were And there was no way they were going to survive there because there was nothing on the island apart from animals to eat and survive on. And so Shackleton and five others got in this little wee boat called the James Caird. It was a, a lifeboat. And they prepared that boat as best they could. And they took that boat 800 miles, 1,400 kilometers across the open ocean, the Arctic Ocean, the Southern Ocean. And in doing so, they encountered huge waves and nearly got capsized a number of times. But it was an amazing feat of navigation as they found themselves now thrown up on an island called South Georgia Island. And from there they climbed over the mountains, three of them did, the other three were completely wrecked, completely devastated. And they found a Norwegian whaling station. And when they walked in, totally bedraggled, uh, the folks there knew what had happened because they knew that something had gone wrong with this expedition. Well, for the people, the 23 surviving souls back at Elephant Island, they had no idea what was going on. They had no idea whether Shackleton and his six had made it to uh, to South Georgia. They had hoped, of course, they had prayed, no doubt, but they had no idea. And I suppose in many respects, this story in this moment captures the essence of what the disciples were feeling. When they knew that Jesus had died, they had no idea what hope there was in store for them. And when Jesus came through that door, when Jesus came through that door to surprise them in that moment, their lives took a completely different turn, just absolutely blown away by that experience. And we can only imagine what that experience would have been like for Shackleton's men as they one morning wake up and they see a boat on the horizon making its way to rescue them. And the remarkable thing about the story is that all 29 of those men who went out on that expedition survived and returned back to the UK. They say it's one of the most remarkable survival stories in all history. So let me read to you from those moments that the disciples experienced when Jesus walked into that room. John chapter 20, verse 24 to 29. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And here we find ourselves in this moment thinking, That's exactly me. You see, unlike Thomas who got to experience the physical Uh, manifestation of jesus resurrection we too are people who are in that same category of believing but haven't seen and jesus said we're blessed because of the fact that we choose to believe and the interesting thing about this passage of scripture that john records for us is there's a sense in which he he stops right here he stops right here and he he does this little subscript and then he carries on with the story but let me read you the subscript Because there's a sense in which John almost wants to stop the story right here. John chapter 20 verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Well, here we have John describing to us in this moment when they realize that the resurrection is real, that Jesus has overcome death. John stops, and in this couple of scriptures here, he says, look, this is what the whole story is all about. That we might believe in God, believe in the resurrection, and therefore we will have a life in his name. And it's during these times, isn't it, when we are struggling for identity, struggling for purpose trying to work out what it is that we're all about, that we need to stop and remind ourselves that we too have been given life. And it's this life, this sense of purpose that we want to celebrate today by virtue of celebrating the resurrection because there in the very core of the gospel is our identity. We are the people who have believed even though we have not seen. And we are the people who have been given life and and fullness of life in his name that's where our our identity is and even though we might be isolated at this time even though we're feeling vulnerable even though our sense of self-worth is tied up so often with what we do and what we have and what the future is about our work and our economic position uh, we've got to remind ourselves folks that this easter it's all about him and it's all about our life in him And our life in Him is all about the resurrection. It's about the resurrection of Christ that gives us identity, gives us life, gives us meaning, gives us purpose, and gives us worth, a worth that can never be bought and a worth that can never be replaced. So let me pray. Father, indeed, at this moment, we're reminded that we too, living in our bubble, have just simply captured what it is that the disciples were feeling as they lived in their bubble, their bubble of vulnerability, their bubble of the unknown. And living in that unknown bubble, Lord, we realize just how vulnerable we are. And yet we're given a fresh opportunity here in this moment to understand what our value is, what our importance is. And our value and our importance is all about having our life fully, fully engaged with Jesus. For as John said to us, we have been told that the resurrection is about us being able to have life in his name. And so, Lord, in the very simplicity of what the Easter message is about, ultimately that you have died for us and that you love us, that God, in the power of your resurrection, we're reminded that we have life abundantly. So, God, for all of our fears, for all of our worries, for all of our concerns, our sense of isolation, we know that we, the body of Christ, still are together. We are one family. And even in our times of separation here, Lord, we can still hold on to the truth that you have given us your life, your one and only life. And so we thank you for this, God, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.
4: So I of jesus my heart is clean so i will Is the-